The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five movies. Hey everybody! Welcome to Top Five Movies. I'm John Burke. With me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And our very special guest Alejandro Montoya Marin. And I hope I just said that right. I meant to ask that before we started. <laughs> <laughs> You did, you did. All thank right. you for having me. Um, th- oh, thank you for being on the show. Uh, where are you from, Alejandro? Mm. Uh, sorry, I was having coffee. I, yeah, no problem. I was born in Laredo, Texas. I'm the uh, I'm the first generation American from uh, an all Mexican family, and then um, which I was there till like fifth grade. I was living in. So it's, it's a very mixed kind of thing. So I was born in Texas, but then we moved back to Mexico. Then okay. we went back to Texas till fifth grade. I had to learn how to speak English. And then on the fifth grade, we moved back to Mexico. And, oh, man. Uh, yeah. And then I lived in Mexico the majority of my life. So I just I just say I'm Mexican because it's like where I was brought up. And then lived in Mexico till college, finished college. Uh, and then I went to Canada to study film. And Jeez. <laughs> and now I'm in Albuquerque. What was that? that? Had to be like major culture shock going to Canada um, after living in Texas and Mexico, right? Like that's oh, yeah. super cold. And at all? <laughs> you know, uh, I would do the whole like uh, someone would go like I'm going to the bathroom, and I would go do it, and then they would go am, and they wouldn't get that that was just a joke. Like go do uh, that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what funny. um, what film school did you end up going to? I went to Vancouver Film School in oh, yeah, okay. Vancouver, British Columbia. Hmm. Um, having done the film school thing, would you say that's a good path to go for like aspiring directors? Or oh man, it's like you could go either way, man. Like a lot of people are like, you know what? I just want to go hands on, and that's fantastic. I do not regret going to film school because um, I've I had never been in school for something that I loved. Oh. You know oh. What I mean? So yeah, I totally I, know what you mean. I was like, I really want to go. And a lot of people were like, well, film school is bullshit because you pay a lot of money. And I'm like, well, you know what, dude? I've been going to school since I was in kindergarten. I hated it. I want to go do something I love. So I loved it because I got to play with with cameras. I got mm-hmm. to um, – in, in the uh, program back then, they – obviously, everyone wants to be a director because they think it's just barking orders. Um, but they take you through the whole process. I PA'd, I AC'd, I did crafty, I did con- continuity, I art directed, I mm-hmm. AD produced, and then I got to direct. So, oh man, they take you through this whole process to prove your work ethic and uh, see if you can, you know, you have some potential leadership skills. So then, when it comes time that you've done a couple of projects, then you pitch yourself as a director, and depending on your grades and how you did it and how you pitched the the project, then yourself to the to the, all the, the school, the class, and um, all the teachers, like the heads of the departments, like there's a, a teacher for directing, a teacher for editing, a teacher for mm-hmm. writing. Then they decide if you can direct. So not everyone gets wow. a chance to direct. That's awesome. Oh. Um, and Vancouver is a really big place right now for shooting anyways because of all the tax breaks and stuff, so Beautiful. it's a good place to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so you you are a director. That's uh, how we've come in contact. Um, yes. And you're currently on a, uh, a like is it like a reality like challenge competition show? It's it's not a competition as much as it's. Um, Robert was Rodriguez was very adamant, and the producers and all of that about not it being a reality show as much as a docu series. Like I have to okay. give them about that right away because they didn't. I mean, obviously there is drama, but they did never like purposely inserted drama for ratings. You know, it's, got it. It's, it's, it's it comes by itself making a movie in fourteen days. With <laughs> no crew. Yeah, that's it's a stressful anxious. environment. Just yeah. hearing about it. Oh. Or gonna say something <laughs> like, uh. yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, and so, how many other filmmakers were chosen for the chow- for this? Uh, it's myself plus four, so five. Okay. Okay, so five directors, all given seven thousand dollars and fourteen days to make a film. No crew. Yeah. No and crew. That's from like writing like. The whole process, you come in with like nothing. No, we correct? submit a script. Like some of the okay. So the way it started is uh, the preliminary choosing is they, you have to, you submit short films, you submit your demo, um, your resume, whatever, whatever shows that you've worked in the industry because they don't accept just cold like oh I, I wrote. I want to be a director. Directed, you're not gonna do. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. It was a process of like you're in the top fifty, you're in the top twenty five, top wow, 50, and seven, and then five. So Man. it was yeah, it was a it was a long process, and there's multiple like they ask you questions about lenses, they ask you question about how you maximize time, um, uh, how you maximize time in on set when time is counting down. So uh, then they sh- they ask you about your projects, how you did them, what the budget was. It's it's a whole it's a whole process like it was it was definitely not quick which is cool because that means they they're not just taking like you said anybody who wants to be a director these are vetted seriously vetted people who are going to finish their projects and that's what they're they're clearly looking for that because like you said they're not trying to just throw people under the bus and and get ratings they're trying to actually give you the opportunity to do what robert did with el mariachi yeah, no, definitely. I have to give uh, El Ray and Go Ninety Pops about that because they were very. It's they they wanted to be an inspirational show. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we come from very different backgrounds, very different um, styles. All the movies are completely different, and mm-hmm. every they're all different genres. And I think um, every filmmaker specializes in something more than the other. But the mm-hmm. good thing about it not being a contest was that we weren't rivals, or else the dynamic in that fucking house would have been different. Yeah. Oh, so you did have to like oh. you live together for like a time. Oh yeah, we all had to live in a house together. Oh man, yeah, that would have been very stressful. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, it sucked. <laughs> nah, no, nah, I mean it sucked at times, but honestly, like I'm really close to the filmmakers. Like, uh, fucking Josh just texted me. Like, oh. like we talk all hey, Josh. the time. Yeah. They, <laughs> no, really, really. They did. They took. Care, sorry, English is my second language. No problem. Um, they they were very. They were purposeful, purposefully uh-huh. careful about 
it not becoming just any reality show. Like there are, there are. I don't know if you got to see episode one, but there are cases where it's very unorthodox of how they did certain things. Like as you all know, you guys are filmmakers. Choosing a location is one of you know it's a pivotal moment in making film. Definitely. Right? Yeah, and for sure. The way we chose location was they put in a binder with a bunch of locations, and they gave us 15 minutes oh. to pick your locations for the whole fucking movie. Oh, man. So Jesus. if we were rivals, right there, been, it would have been war, where instead we were like, okay, here are the bars, here are the houses, here are the restaurants, here are this. Let's all spread out and help each other out. That's awesome. Yeah, see, I, I like that. I haven't got to see episode one. I'm not sure if I have access to the L-Ray network. Um, I, I went, like, you know, cut the cable kind of thing, so I have, like, DirecTV online. Oh, you um, can look at Go90. It's free. Okay, then I'm definitely oh. going to uh, catch up on this, because this sounds like my type of thing. That I'm not over. generally a fan of, like, the, uh, you know, the, explo- the exploit exploitative, you know, uh, reality shows where, like, yeah. they're clearly just there to make people hate each other and get high ratings, you know, like Jersey Shore um, hated yeah. that, but... This is I do this like sounds nightmares like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This sounds. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds like up my alley, though. I mean, it's the process of making a film. Um, it's not meant to put you guys at each other's throat. It's meant to uh, help you guys achieve collaborate. a dream. Yeah, and collaborate. Um, and network. I mean, God, just like you said, you're he's texting you right now. Did you, you guys didn't know each other before the show, right? The what? Sorry, sorry. That's. My yeah, mom. no. Talk about that. I just my grandfather's sick. Oh, that's well. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and I totally understand. Sorry, my grandfather. Sorry. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, not at all. Um, I'm saying you didn't know Josh before uh, the show, right? So you guys became friends via the show. Brother, when we got in, like um, Jonathan, Corey, so you mm-hmm. go in. They open a gate. And they're like, so we want you to walk around. Walk straight. You get 50 yards in, turn left. That was it. Oh, man. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I'm walking. I turn left. And then there's just three people. So i like, are you guys the filmmakers? That was the first time. Oh, man. And, <laughs> and then after that, it's like, okay, cool. Here we go. And we, we, we you start immediately. Like... You guys are filmmakers. How much? Your last project. How long did it take to do pre-production? Well, my my projects are always with my students at the high school level, and Corey's more of a fan than filmmaker herself. I think she would say. Um, yes, I'm an appreciator. Yeah, uh, but my my projects are always zero budget. Um, you know, public school, but uh, I have equipment because of the class that I teach. But. Um, Usually we're we're looking at borrowing a location, uh, maybe an hour or two that we get to use the location for a couple of days, um, and then uh, you know I have again like I have software and stuff because of my my position, and my crew is usually my students, um, and vice or I am their crew depending on who wrote the the uh, the idea, but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's always very very rough, um, so I can't imagine when there's money and stakes on the line. Because mine are always more like, hey, let's this will be fun. <laughs> you know? Oh. They gave us two days to prep for Oh, man. Mm. Wow. So it, was, it was like, all right, 
that was fun. And I won't so, regret it. I don't regret doing it. Like, will I do it again? No. I don't that's, <laughs> I, it's already, a, I think, a stressful... I, just hearing you talk about it, obviously I can't be a filmmaker. Um, but it's already such a stressful process, and then trying to like condense it like that just makes it sound... I don't want to say even worse, but why would you, I guess, purposely put yourself through that multiple yeah. times, I guess? It's it's working. It's very wrong gun. You got to be thinking nonstop, mm -hmm. uh, which is a lot of fun. I like working under pressure, but I think I I I owe it to movies to be a little bit more prepped for the next one because I would love, you know, people are giving us their time to watch a movie. The least I can do, like the way I was going into this, and I I, you, I think you guys both saw the movie. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna reinvent the wheel. I'm not nothing people are going to come in skeptical to watch a movie that's done under seven grand the only yeah. thing i want to do is entertain that's it have fun enjoy the ride that's it now, that was I my guess, yeah, I, I think you achieved that too um but i guess we should say that the name of the show on the l ray network is rebel without a crew mm -hmm. um and you said it's free online yeah, you guys can go on Go90, which is an uh, online app, and then just type in Rebel Without a Crew, and you can watch the episodes, which premiere every Monday. Or for whatever okay. reason, if you have a Tumblr account, it's on Tumblr as well. And then the fall, it'll be oh. on El Rey Network with other little snippets and stuff, cool stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to, uh, to, to check that out, because this, again, sounds... I mean, if you're a filmmaker and you're wanting to see, you know, oh yeah, I can do a movie, with, you know, in two weeks with seven thousand. Maybe you should see what it's like, uh, the process, because it it sounds probably way easier than the practicality of it. Like, especially the quality. Now, I've only seen Monday, um, which is your film. Yes. Now, did all of the films premiere at Sundance? Uh, Not Sundance. Uh, South by. Sorry. Yeah, they. In my head. All of them. All of them. Uh, on Monday. On Monday. Ah. March twelfth, <laughs> and um, yours your your film sixty minutes I think like on the dot right? Yeah, fifty nine. Fifty. Like okay, were they all about the same length or did, was there varying lengths? We have um, one that was forty something, then mine, then another one that's like seventy. The longest one I think is eighty five. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was the was your timing based around the 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 fourteen day like parameter or were was that just the script that you had and that's what you were going to do regardless of, you know, like if you had a month to shoot it, would it have been longer? Like were there scenes that you cut because of the time? Mm. So I think out of all the movies, I think mine and Josh's are the ones that have the most coverage. So the, 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 the way we shot Monday, it's very hyper and fast paced. Yeah. And that takes a lot of time to do. So the how I wrote this script was... Um, they emailed me my first gig like really important gig as a filmmaker was to shoot a couple of commercials in Europe so we went hmm. and we were filming there and uh, we had just finished in Naples and we were going to go to London and at 2 in the morning I got an email and they're like congratulations you're in the top 7 I think or yeah. 10 like that Ooh. I'm like oh yeah heck yeah so they call me and they email me like, can you talk? I'm like, I'm in Naples right now, man. Like, um, if that's okay with you. And they're like, yeah, cool. So they call me and they go, we need your script. And I'm like, fuck, I don't have it. <laughs> I haven't written it. 
So <laughs> I told him like, hey man, I have to go uh, to London in like a couple of hours and I'm going to be there for three days filming. But then I fly back to the U.S. and if you give me three more days just to uh, polish it up and decompress, I can send it to you. And they're like, if you don't submit it by Monday morning, which then oh, is man. Friday, we cannot guarantee your spot. So I had to film 12-hour days, then get back to the Airbnb and write till 3 in the morning. Oh, my day, God. Go back to bed, then wake up at 6, write till noon, then go film. And then I did that all the time, like for the past three days. And then my boy, uh, Matt Page... Uh, I sent him, I did that for like three to four days, three days, something like that, four days, I don't know. I sent him the script, and I'm like, polish my English, please. And Man. if you think of a joke or two, add it. Then he sent it to me, and while we were flying back to the U.S., I got the like most expensive Wi-Fi that they had in the plane. Yeah. And, and you know how when you go international, you can click the button, and you see like the little digital plane as it's traveling to where you're getting to? Uh-huh, yeah. While we were all blue, and then the little plane in the middle. <laughs> so I was like, "Can I hope it sends?" And then there's. <laughs> oh man. We didn't. I, I vomited ideas out for three days. I'm like, I'm done. I can't come up with anything else right now. <laughs> oh. You know that's that story. Like I liked the movie. Um, and hearing that that's how that screenplay came together is insane. Because I would not have thought that it was like under the gun three days of like excruciating painful writing that that's where that script came from so that's that's impressive man like um i just actually watched uh lo-fi one of your shorts yeah I love um yeah I, i'm a big rom-com proponent like a lot of people hate on that genre um i, I i'm a sucker for it and i loved lo-fi dude i thought it was great um that's the one um, I, that's the one i wanted to do surprisingly you brought that up that was the one I wanted to do. I have a feature film script for that movie, and it's oh. like my baby. That's the one I love the most. But we couldn't have done it with the schedule and this budget and everything. Like, well, I hope that this because uh, I, I, I saw you in the, the the link you sent me. You said that you had a feature script for it. So I hope that that gets to come to fruition, man. I hope that's the next project you get to work on because that's me too. Uh, I really like the short a lot. So I'd love to see the feature version of it. Um, Thank you know, there's me. a lot. Yeah, I mean, the pop cultural stuff in it also appeals to me. Um, I mean, just pretty much, I, I say this about, my favorite film of all time is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, yeah, and I, I've, I always say Edgar Wright like wrote it for me, even though I know that's not true. It feels like it's custom fit to my you know my personality, my taste, and um, Lo-Fi seems like it's right in that uh, that wheelhouse for me, like the, the, the genre and then the, the subject matter. I like that you wrote it from a female perspective too. Uh, I find that a lot of the times uh, challenging, you know, for a male writer to write from the female perspective and it be believable and it not feel like a guy's, you know, trying to understand a woman. And I, the, from the short, I thought it was felt really good. So Thanks, I hope man. that, yeah, man. Um, so we we know we can't talk about a lot of details from from the show because the show is still. Uh, being released how many episodes um, is the show do you know yeah there's 12 episodes and right now people can see episode one so mm -hmm. every Monday they're gonna release an episode and the total will be 12 okay I don't know when they will premiere the movies I know that we're submitting to film festivals as we speak mm -hmm. um, 
So I can't. I, I don't know exactly when all the movies will be like available for people to watch. Yeah, that. I mean, with VOD, I'm sure at the very least you guys will be out. At, you know, through like Voodoo or iTunes or something at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and as he mentioned, Corey and I were both a- uh, able to watch a screener of Monday, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I didn't know all. I actually knew a lot less about the process you went through making it when <laughs> I saw it. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting in in hindsight to like look back at the movie with that information, especially that that script story, dude. Like I can't imagine, <laughs> like. I don't know. I don't function well without. I, I I only sleep about five to six hours a night, anyways. You need the five and six, right? I, I do seven. <laughs> I'm very. Yeah. I force myself to like take a day off a week. Like mm-hmm. I'm in my office right now, and I'll probably come over and 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 write tomorrow as well because I'm turning in a script by Monday, and I will force myself to like have one day where where it's like don't go out. All I'm gonna do is lay on the couch. You have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How do you if you can do it without it? Great, but I function better. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta be rested to be able to be creative for sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's um, man, the, that struggle. Um, you said you you have a day job. You said to me, uh, what do you do during like from nine to five that sort of thing, Monday through Friday? Like, yeah, I do. Um, I'm a production manager for a local Spanish TV station. Oh. Well, that sounds kind of cool. So it's very chill. Um, uh, it's it, it allows me to practice when the client lets me, because okay. obviously we have to like do whatever the the client envisions. But uh, it it really helped me with editing. Like I knew very basic, and I still don't consider myself an editor. That's why um, Monday I had uh, like an advisor, uh, which is David Ferry from eighty two ninety two Productions, and because I, I don't like it and I don't want to be known as an editor. I I don't want to also be known as a cam op. Like we were forced to shoot our own movie. Uh, Monday I had to shoot it. So it sucked because we didn't have a follow focus and or a monitor. It was the monitor from the camera. So obviously oh, wow. uh, out of focus shots. And But then uh, what really, really sucked was doing dolly shots as cam opping, pushing the dolly, directing and focusing. Oh man, yeah, that's that is not a fun time. Um, we use in my classroom uh, with my students. We we have like the low end Canon Rebel T five eyes, so that they have good film capabilities. But I mean, it is the bottom of the barrel. You know, just what well, we can get at a public school type situation. But oh yeah, like I my kids, man, because we used to use camcorders, and when we switched to these where they have more control, we get to change lenses and stuff. Yeah. Um, they, they, they always want to still zoom instead of like dolly in and the zooms always look so choppy because you know they're trying to hold the camera and turn the lens and I'm just like no just move closer <laughs> I'm like please and they look bad when you do that like there's never there's never been a smooth zoom with the lens transition and yeah. man uh, I can't imagine like with a bigger camera and the again the pressure of making the movie in seven days like I just Oh, that that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> it makes yeah, me think no. of the ring. Yeah, right. <laughs> seven days. Sorry. Fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, fourteen. Sorry, <laughs> right, so seven thousand. Sorry. 7, and oh my, uh. yeah. You know what's really funny? Before we even started, they were giving me shit because I I was the one that spent the most. I think you'll see that on episode two, which is this Monday. Oh. I was just like. <laughs> 
I'm like, we need good sound, so I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people will forgive out-of-focus shots, but if your sound's shitty, they, they will not forget that. That's so true. And is um So with the budget, can you talk about, like, what you spent your 7000 on? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. I'm, I, I mean, they rent you the camera. They don't give it to you. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, they give you the. They, they're like, hey, so we have three camera packages, and you'll see this in episode two, which will be cool because I think this podcast will air, and two After. will be there. Yeah. And then they go, uh, so you got three camera packages. They're all part of C three hundred Mark One, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Canon is the is one of the sponsors. Great, uh, thank you for them for giving us the the equipment renting. Us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, depending on what package you get it gross like for sound they had a um package one and i could be wrong but i'm just kind of ballparking like package one of sound is i don't know 100 bucks i'm just giving an example that 100 bucks comes with one lob and a shotgun then package Ugh. two costs 150 i'm just as again as example that comes with two lobs then three comes with three lobs a shotgun uh mic with a boom they cost 300 so you have to see which one i think it was it was more like a thousand dollars that that really oh cost. wow so i went with the most expensive sound gear and then i think i went intermediate with camera got it with um the lavaliers is that how you got the dialogue my friend i had the three loves going at once from, oh wow like, if the scene was being two actors what i would do is i just put a love on each actor or my plus one, which was Halsey, he did sound as well. But that's what we planned. Like, he would put us a lob on each, then a lob somewhere to pick up something, and then he was shotgun. Man. Just to yeah, get I would... sound from everywhere. Yeah, I mean, cause, uh, I, didn't, I didn't actually realize that lobs were used for... Um for the, this type of filming like i mean we usually we use them for broadcast you know news and stuff like that but uh, i always because well, you got you're putting them under shirts with with this right because you can't see the lobs like you can with a, a news report we just like, clip them on the the, the you know the yeah. collar or whatever yeah. yeah yeah and so i that's interesting i, I may try that with my students because we we usually just rock the boom mic and you know that's not always the best sound especially windy days and whatnot but um yeah, because the sound definitely in in Monday's spot on. Like I, had, there was no issues hearing the dialogue, and considering you went action comedy, um, you you got to hear the dialogue. So like, cause you know you're you're dropping jokes and um, the missed if anything's missed. I mean, God, that could wreck a whole scene. I so agree. <laughs> yeah, it was just. We were like, I think, let's get the best fucking sound. Yeah, Wait. that makes and perfect they sense. Us grip equipment as well. So um. What my my strategy was um, because we didn't have a crew, I I didn't want to depend too much on lighting during the day because you need flags and you need silks and you need um, diffusion because you know like the sun travels so Heart, yeah yeah as much as your favorite can you see me yeah I can see you. okay cool so <laughs> I'm just making so much hand gestures and I'm like I'm doing it just to myself. So as the sun travels, your lighting changes, especially if you're blocking the two actors, or let's say two actors, and they're mm -hmm. here, and the sun's going this way, so your lighting's going to be changing. So what I did was, I, to establish um, the day, I 
I, I changed certain scenes tonight because also Canon, the Canon cameras like capture uh, uh, dark and depth of field really well, in my opinion. So I purposely switched that because then you have more, more chances to manipulate lighting at night. Yeah, definitely. And it makes sense. I mean, you film the whole premise of the movie is that it's on Monday. So, mm-hmm. like, time's going to pass by and it just it, it works really well um, in that case to change those scenes tonight, I think. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and all, all five directors that were competing on, the, or I guess not competing, but um, participating in the show, everybody finished their movies, right? I can't say. Can't say that. That that. See, I, I knew I would end up asking a question that you can't answer. Um, Watch the show. Yes, I, and, and I shall. Um, and all we know is that they premiered at, at South by, but we don't know how many premiered at South by. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> all right. Or if they premiered, but they were incomplete, we don't know. Oh. Oh. That's the there's the curveball that I wasn't thinking of. Okay, uh, man. Um, did you get to actually meet Robert Rodriguez in the uh, in the process? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got to meet him several times actually. He um, obviously when he the first day when he introduces himself and he tells you what this is, what we're trying to accomplish, then we would have one on ones. He's oh, cool. really busy right now with Battle uh, Alita Battle Angel. Like he's yeah, he's super busy. So, but but surprisingly, he would make a lot of time for us. Like he really would. Like um, not only did we have like one on ones to like ask me anything you want. He tells Ask me anything you want, and you can tell that as soon as the the formality drops, he's just a film nerd, man. He loves. That's awesome. Movies. There's no there's no facade of him being fake or oh, I think I'm no, 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 no. He like we spent like the first five minutes as cameras were adjusting, talking about his watch because his watch is the timer from Predator. So, oh wow! Yeah, we were just like shooting the shit and talking about books and. I know Josh spoke to him a lot about editing. Um, no, super, super nice guy. And he went to set to see what we were doing, and he would like ask you questions from what he was seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, he he dropped by our set a couple of times just because we were shooting there in Troublemakers, and he saw lights, and he's like, what are you guys doing? Like, not even planned. Like, <laughs> not even planned at all. Because, like, the first time it's like, all right, Robert's coming in, and then the cameras will focus. But then there were times where he didn't. He's just like, eh. That's awesome. Like he just show. I I love hearing that. Um, To me, like you can tell he's a film lover because of his diverse selection of movies that he's made. Like when I found out that Spy Kids was his set of movies, I was like flabbergasted. Just like, wait, the guy who did Desperado. (laughs) And he killed it. Like they made a shit money, and and you know, like kids. That were, um, I was a little too old for that, but like, me too, I me too. that were little that were like all about them. Yeah, my daughter's uh turning 14 actually in a week, and um, uh, when she was younger, she, yeah, I know, right, Corey? Uh, I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> um, she uh, she loved those as a kid though, and like, it, it didn't click, you know, while I was watching them the first couple of times with her, and then later when I when it, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Robert Rodriguez, like the Robert, Ro- like it's not some other guy who happens to have this name, like it's <laughs> yeah, like Robert J. Rodriguez. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. Just like a yeah. little. <laughs> well, because then you get you get Machete later, you know, and it's like yeah. how how is this happening? <laughs> like, and, how and can this guy still, make these? I still different. think he's his best film, and I, re- oh. I I I love that movie, man, and I really am disappointed of how 
un- underachievingly performed of uh, the Grindhouse movies. That was one of the ah. best experiences I had in in my life going to the movie theater. Like I had a blast, man. Like I I regret not going to those um oh, when they came out and I actually I still have not watched Planet Terror. Um, I've seen oh. Death Proof in an effort to f- complete the uh, Tarantino um, library a few a yeah. uh, couple years ago, and I need to do the same. I've actually been meaning to do the same with Rodriguez. Um, I may skip the Spy Kids films, but not in any kind of insult. They're just you know, not they're not meant for me. Um, exactly. But I do. I love Sin City. Um, okay. And. I was actually, I uh, because of running into you and, and learning about this show, I actually have uh, his book, The Rebel Without a Crew, um, and my student I mentioned to you who's wrote a script and he's working on making his movie, um, I gave him that book the other day. I'm like, hey, you should check this out, and I told him about the show that you are that you're just went through, because um, it's, I mean, his story is so cool anyways, because it is the... Uh, it's like Kevin Smith too to me. Like Kevin Smith made Clerks and then sold it at Sundance for a million dollars, you know. And Robert did this a similar thing with El Mariachi, except way less money. Like, cause I think Kevin spent like sixty thousand on Clerks, and Robert spent seven. Like, like that's insane. Like, it's such an inspirational story for like aspiring filmmakers that you don't have to come from money. You don't necessarily, you know, uh, you can make high quality art with what you got, you know, if, if you're creative and you're a problem solver. I, 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 like, that was one of the first things I told him. Like, I knew that I hate, um, I hate bullshit. I hate when people are trying to be just nice to be nice. It's like, stop, just, or you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. like, I want to talk film and I'm just like, what's your favorite food? You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to yeah. know who you are. Yeah. And one of the, the first things that I told him, uh, instead of just being like, uh, oh my god, I love you, and blah blah blah. I was just, you're from San Antonio. I'm from Laredo. That's an hour away. Mm-hmm. You're first generation, I'm first generation. And I asked him, uh, I know this this won't have, uh, what part of the uh, of the country are you in? I, I know you're in Florida? I'm in Florida, and Corey's in Idaho, so. I know. Okay. Yeah. So, back in uh, early 90s, in Texas, I don't know from where you guys are from, but every state had a regional or maybe a couple of states had a regional cable company okay yeah 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 so in 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 the south of texas from what i know it was called paragon cable and before um when vod started and by vod i mean pay-per-view yeah to um we didn't have uh the just button and you got it no you had to call the oh yeah company hey i want this movie at this time right Mm-hmm. And I think every movie was four ninety five. I I remember the, the the exact amount because I told him I would wash my dad's car to get an allowance so I can watch movies, and that's how I saw El Mariachi, Desperado, Clerks. Oh wow! I saw all that. That 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 was my that was my like my obsession. My obsession was always movies and music, like all the time. Yep. So they would always be like, I would always have like shorts and dress like a fucking child, still do, and all my money, I would spend it on movies. And like you're looking at me, like I have movies in my office and comic books and shit. Like it's like all the time. That's that's just that was it. So I I told him that story, and he he immediately realized that I wasn't like just the sugarcoating because he immediately was like, 
Paragon Cable. I remember that. Yeah. Like, that's how I met, like, some of my idols. Like, I, like you and Kevin Smith and Tarantino. Like, I didn't get to see Reservoir at, in the movie theater, but I got to see Pulp nope. Fiction. I sneaked in. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. I, that year, I saw Pulp Fiction, Shawshank, and Forrest Gump in the movie theater. And that's when I came out just going, like, what the fuck? Like, I got yeah. a big film. I mean, uh, you know, I got lucky... Um... My mom always put a big, like, she would buy VHSs, like, all the time. Like, that was, we were not, my mom was a bartender, you know, living on tips. But, like, that was always a, I guess, maybe a way of just making not the best living situation tolerable was having entertainment always, like, readily available. And so, yeah, I, I, um, and, and she never, probably not necessarily a good thing, but she never, like, censored what movies I could watch. Like, I, I saw Pulp Fiction on VHS like immediately when it came out, um, and then I was a mall rat. So when Mall Rats came out, like I was obsessed with seeing that movie because I'm like, oh my god, they made a movie about me! Like, it's, yeah, but I was, it's, do kids still do that? The kids still go to the no. mall hang out? Not like they used to, man. My my uh my wife is a manager at like Claire's, like you know, like the earrings accessory yeah. store that the kids like, and it's not like it used to be. Um, you know, although. Some still do because we live in a small town. There's really not a whole lot else to do. But our mall is not uh, not the, what it used to be. Like there's just not stores there anymore. I mean, online stores are kind of killing the small like mall markets. So oh, that sucks. Um, I hate to be a kid nowadays. No offense, kids, but it's like <laughs> it was such an adventure. It was man. Ah, you... uh, the arcade. Go see yeah, a movie. Exactly. Go get some dinner. Good time. Dude, yeah. It was go play arcade. So in Mexico, quinceañeras or like the Sweet Sixteen are the big ones, right? Yeah, yeah. What we would do was we would go to the mall and go play arcades, and then we would go watch a movie. And then after that, it was like 9 p.m. Then it's like, now it's time to go to the party. And then <laughs> so it was always like a possibility. Going to the mall was always like an adventure because you didn't know who was going to be there because we didn't have cell phones. Like you only knew your immediate friends. Yeah, right? exactly. Your immediate friends would go there. And then from there, it's whoever you bump into, and depending on what plans they had, you would go to wherever the night would take you. Yeah, that was pretty much exactly the same, except I didn't have the partying so much because I was kind of nerdy. But, you know, um, they would go to the mall, uh, hit up the record store, you know, see what new movies and uh, d- CDs that came out, maybe buy one if I had the money. If not, we would just, like, listen at the little listening stations the whole yeah. until until the movie started, you know, then you go to the movie. And then either go home or, again, if you have other friends, you go do that stuff. But <laughs> Go, go um, play uh, Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the, the shame, man. Kids don't get to go, like, browse movies and browse CDs like we did. You know, like, now they just have everything at their fingertips, which I think is awesome if you know what you're looking for. Exactly. Like, there is a um, – I mean, I like it. I own a bunch of movies digitally, but I mm-hmm. – there was a I, – I owned a video store. I oh man! Video store. It, you, guess what it was called? Uh, I mean, you're not gonna guess, but it was called Quick Stop Video. Because, oh my god! Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I sold it when I went to film school because I was like, well, I need to, I need to make money, and I don't have any money, so I just sold it to like my partner, and he ran it to the ground. Oh. But um, I uh, I there was this, there was a special feeling where either your parents would take you or I would just take the bus. I would just take the bus and go to Blockbuster or or 
uh, in Mexico, there was a video store called um, Mix Up. It was great. I, it's still out, actually. It's still around. Like, video stores are still, like, still good and steady in Mexico, surprisingly. Oh, man. Yeah, which I, I love because they just closed one uh, called Hastings here in Albuquerque. Yep. Uh, Corey had a Hastings in Idaho. She lost. I loved uh, Hastings. Right? Yeah. It was it was pretty sad. I'm not going to lie. It was like my girlfriend and I were just like, what do we want to do? Let's go to Hastings. And we just spend there an hour looking at action mm-hmm. figures and comics. And you would always, I would always walk out at least spending $30. Uh-huh. Minimum. Yep. Minimum. And I like the um, I like the, the the risk because that there was a lot of movies that I got to see like that where it's just like oh, let's just go. Like now there's so many trailers for the trailer for the trailers trailer that I yeah. can't stand, dude. It's like you're giving the whole movie away. And I got yeah. to see movies like Dead Presidents like that. That was one of the best film experiences. We went to go see Seven because I tell I kept telling people, oh, it's this guy that did Aliens, and everyone's like. Sure, let's go. Like no one was that was the one film buff in my friends. So we saw Seven at age fourteen or fifteen. I don't remember what. Oh I was. man, yeah. And remember those like squares or like rectangles that had the poster on each side of the movie. Yeah, yeah. The poster of Dead Presidents comes out, and I don't know if you remember, but it was Lorenz Tate with his gun and the white white. Yeah. And I told everyone, fuck it, we gotta go see this. And we turned around and just watched the movie. Oh, nice. A, a party, and we were all just sitting down going like, oh my god, what amazing movies. And there's that there's that spontaneous act that I feel that is, that is lacking now. You know I agree. Um, when I saw Fight Club, another Fincher film, I went in with no expectations, because I don't think I'd even seen a trailer for it, but we went to the movies every Friday night, and that particular Friday there was nothing else there, and we were like, well, at least we know there's going to be fighting in this movie, so like at least that will be entertaining, if nothing else. And then I walked out with my mind blown, because like, I'd never seen a film that had that kind of a twist in it at that point, and then that same year I would see The Matrix, and it would happen again, where I would just fall in love with that, you know, that style of storytelling, where you're going to pull the rug out from underneath me and I, everything I thought I knew about this movie was not going to be what the movie was and they had intermissions and I ran out to buy the soundtrack and then put my kids <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I love the Matrix soundtrack I was like yeah oh man that's yeah, and that's the thing um, to me about like film is so I don't know I've as I my wife um, jokes with me, it's been an ongoing joke for a while, that our daughter is number one in her life, and then our dog is number two, and I'm number three. And it became apparent to yeah, me... That's how it always is with <laughs> right. married couples. You're never going to be one, brother. <laughs> Which, uh, and I'm complete. My, my, my daughter, our daughter, is number one for me as well. Yeah. But um, it occurred to me that my number two was movies, and then my wife. And so uh, she... In, <laughs> But I was like, to be fair, I've loved movies since I was like two years old and saw Ghostbusters in the theater. So I've known them a lot longer. Oh, still, I still, man, Bill Murray, just uh, one of my dreams. I want to meet that man so bad. I love that. That scene's one of my favorite jokes in like film, the whole scene where they're walking about the uh, the loan that Dan Aykroyd just took. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Calculating the interest rate. I thought that was... <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes. Uh, I love 
there's uh, there's so many jokes. That's the thing with Bill Murray too. Is like the jokes come so fast that mm-hmm. like like in Groundhog Day, there's like a joke every ten seconds, but he doesn't break that that stony st- character so like you don't even necessarily know that he's making jokes because he's just saying dialogue and then you're like wait a minute all of that was a joke like everything he just said was like joke 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 and uh it kills me i love that so much um well i think we'll start to transition a little bit into getting to know more specific things about your movie life but uh before we do that i want to stress they uh they can watch rebel without a crew on you said say it one more time the production company it's on go 90 it's an online go 90 and uh tumblr and t- t- that's cool that they're using tumblr for that um yeah you know it, it makes sense actually with the episodic nature of it too to like to have it out there where it's almost like a blog come watch uh rebel without a crew and they'll see you making the movie through the series right like they won't actually see the movie until afterwards exactly you'll be able to see um us yeah. pre-production production and post of us doing the movie uh, because cameras are capturing all that behind the scenes and how we set up the shots how we plan the scheduling casting etc okay i want to ask one more question that i just thought because yeah. we got the cameras a canon um what what uh editing software did you guys use uh premiere oh good i, I i've been I've been pushing Adobe Premiere for a while. Like we used to use Final Cut forever, and then when Final Cut went to Final Cut X, yeah. I just I was so like, "What? Well, you made it look like iMovie? Like what is happening?" I really, um, yeah. Uh, and obviously, I'd love to go Avid, but that for a public school is just like not an option. Like Premiere is expensive enough, especially with CC being an annual kind of thing for us. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I've been using Premiere now for about about six years. I, I love it. I, I'm. You know, I haven't, I've not got to use Avid myself, but um, I, I'm really happy what what Premiere is capable of doing. So that's cool that you guys use that. Something accessible to everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if you're aspiring to be a filmmaker, you get a camera, get Premiere, and then you know, start like start shooting and making stuff. I think is the the best way to go about it. And if you can go to film school, because I think that's valuable. But so, um. One question we like to ask our guests is, what's the first movie you remember watching? It can be, like, the first thing you remember watching or the first thing that made you realize you want to be a filmmaker, which you might have already kind of answered that, I guess, but... I remember the first movie I saw in the theater. It was a Spanish film called Cati La Uruga. It's a cartoon about a caterpillar uh, that, uh, during the process of her meeting friends and other insects and blah, 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 until she becomes a butterfly. And uh, okay. I was very young, I think I was like two, maybe three, but I remember the epicness of being in a in a, in a dome theater. This is oh, in, cool. This was in Mexico, and um, and I remember sitting. I, I was on my chair, but I got out of my chair and walked towards the uh, the front of the screen, and I was just like looking up, and I that's where I stayed. And I remember oh, going, wow. my other two cousins were there, just creating havoc and my mom was trying to take care of them and shit and I just be I just stayed watching the movie. I remember that was being my first movie and uh, I think I think um there's various stages. Like I remember seeing Star Wars for the first time and just blowing my mind. Which I'm yeah. sure when we do the top five that's that's I think my number one. Because <laughs> foreshadowing. Yeah foreshadowing. <laughs> 
But then there's uh, Chasing Amy was mm. the first movie where I'm like, I want to write about what's happened to me in a way that can be relatable to me. Chasing Amy was, that, that didn't happen to me. Like, I didn't fall in love with a, with a lesbian chick. Or no, no, it's just <laughs> the dialogue, the more down-to-earth. You see what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah, totally. Challenging of psychological examination of actors and their characters like in Jerry Maguire or Almost Famous. I'm a, I, I, I'm a big Cameron Crowe fan. And, hmm. and um, yeah, that's movies like that were like the, my like Goodfellas. I remember seeing Goodfellas again, going to a video store and I was maybe 10 and I Robert De Niro, I've heard this name. Yeah, I right. <laughs> my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know um, the shit that we're saying still. Dude, I was so late to the Goodfellas game, but um, I am. I, I became a Scorsese fan several years ago, very, very late, mind you. Obviously, like, I'm like the guy, like, hey, have you guys heard of this Martin Scorsese guy? And everyone's like, yes. I'm like, oh, all right then. But, and you know. I like, called them like, well, good for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about it now. Um, it's so good. I think he's like him. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I, there's a lot of, like, Edgar Wright, but Edgar Wright has a lot of Tarantino. Tarantino has a lot of Scorsese. Mm-hmm. But I think Scorsese and Spielberg as cliche as they may sound because I can go with Kurosawa and I can go with uh, Leone. I can go with foreign if we want to be pretentious. But um, <laughs> but I think Spielberg and Scorsese is just... Yeah. No, uh, you know, Spielberg gets, I, I think, underplayed because he does family movies. And, like, Jurassic Park is still one of my all-time favorite films. And I noticed you have some pop vinyls behind you there and... I just got the uh, Dr. Grant, Ian Malcolm, and um, uh, I'm going to forget his name, the old man uh, pop vinyls the other day, and I was so excited to find them. I was like, oh my god, I'm buying them right now. They're all Game of Thrones pop vinyls. Oh, very nice. Is that... The Joker. Oh, (laughs) Joker is the best villain I think ever written, especially Nolan's Joker is so fantastic. (laughs) I'm going to go with Jack Nicholson. Okay. I like that I, one too. I do like as long as, Ledger. If you say Jared Leto, I'm hanging up on you. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll punch myself, bro. <laughs> hey, Mark Hamill. Like hours before oh. I say Jared Leto. I keep telling people, it, it, like, uh, you guys should watch the Batman animated series. I oh have my god! Lunchbox right there of the Batman animated series. Um, I think a lot of people just because it's animated they don't they don't think or because it's Batman they're like yeah whatever it's for kids and I'm like dude it's a no. prime noir yeah and it's I, fantastic it was not for kids man no and I was watching it as a kid just and I grew up watching the reruns of Adam West on like my I think WGN used to have them on at like noon and I would eat my little grilled cheese sandwich and watch Batman and I've been a Batman freak uh, since I was a kid and um yeah, ah, very nice, man. That's if I could show you the room that I'm sitting in, it is predominantly Batman memorabilia of some please, kind. But please, because I will geek the fuck out of them. Please. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, I shall do that because I I love Batman and Mark Hamill for sure as the Joker is phenomenal. It's what made the Arkham game so much fun for me because Hamill as the Joker is just oh, it's perfect. And he I is. I still think people are giving Ben Affleck too much crap. I think he's like. 
out of all this new DC stuff, he's like the best thing. Like he looks like Batman. Dude, yeah, I agree. I just think the the scripts that have been around him have been bad. But I I like Affleck as Batman, which I was nervous about. Um, but he just like I was nervous when they announced Heath Ledger as Joker. Like I never thought the guy from Ten Things I Hate About You was gonna pull off being a Joker, and I can't. I love that movie still. Like I can't get enough I of that performance. I love their Dark Knight Rises. Like I debated with everyone because everyone's like, "Well, it's two, and I'm like, "What? Look at it this way." The character of Bane does one of the most sinister things ever to capture in film, I think. Like, not only does he hold, like, you know, they, they'll do a movie where it's like, oh, I'm holding, like, uh, the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight. I'm holding 20 mm-hmm. people hostage. This motherfucker's holding a city hostage. Not yeah. only that, but he's playing with them to, like, I'm going to give you hope. Try to do something about it. And while yeah. doing that, when he gets fed up, he's like, all right, now it's time to kill you. Like, that's fucked up. And not only is. but like he sees the one thing that Batman has going for himself, which is trying to revindicate Gotham City and save people that are in need. And he, I'll let you watch as I'm destroying the last humanity that you have. Yeah. Come get me. Yeah. And then I'll kill you. God. Like, that is fucking sinister. It really is, yeah. Actually, framing it like that is, it shows how twisted he is as a villain in that movie for sure. Yeah. Though the sound of Tom Hardy's voice is still an issue. <laughs> God, I loved it. I was so scared. Oh, yeah, no, but it was not, like, I liked the sound of the voice, I guess. It's more like Sometimes I couldn't always hear everything. What he was saying, I needed subtitles at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, it took me a bit to get in. But, like, one of the things, what I liked about his voice is there's a certain sophistication Oh yeah. voice. So seeing such a brute walking towards you that you can't stop him and he talks to you very chill mm-hmm. is very scary. Like that fight scene oh, yeah. to me is like I got up when he like he breaks him because of the comic book. I got mm-hmm. up here and just like fucking yes, they went there. I can't believe that. Yeah, yeah, and, I agree with that too. I, I love that uh, that fight. Just the way he's because he's he's doing two types of torture towards Batman. This is where I'm geeking out like a motherfucker. It's all good. <laughs> Not only is he beating the crap out of him physically, but he's he's destroying his mind. As he's yeah. beating him up, you're like, oh, okay, you want to, you know, like he say, he says like, oh, you you think that darkness is your ally, and then I was born in it, and then and then um, everything he's telling him is just slowly draining him mentally and physically until like you know the the visualization of him breaking the mask mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean? oh, man. even as he's like fucked up trying to, trying to uh, crawl up he's like oh by the way this is what we did yeah yeah just so you know we've <laughs> we've ruined everything you've done um yeah dude I, I you're making me want to rewatch rises which i haven't i, I haven't watched for a while <laughs> and sin city we should all watch it and like text like oh, did you see that? So. dude I, that needs to happen because i don't know my wife has plans for me this evening i'm not sure what she's dragging me to i think we're going to like disney springs or something tonight but i definitely want to do that because that sounds awesome um freaking do like director commentary on it or something. <laughs> yeah we didn't even direct it <laughs> yeah it's just like we have comments <laughs> and christopher nolan never invites us to parties you know i keep asking him 
I know. Coming out of just like Batman the whole time. And he's like, I uh. have other films. I'm like, no, no, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I just talk Batman. But I mean, I, I am. Oh uh, God, I could I could talk Nolan all night because I am a Nolan fanatic. But um, let's move into your top five. So, oh, is that the script? No, I just have a oh. Got it. <laughs> oh yeah, top five, right? Um, yeah, we're so uh, just we do two things before you start, um, listeners. We're gonna be going through Alejandro's top five from number five to number one all time movies. Um, he might want to talk spoilers, so Corey? Guys, you can go to BurkeReviews.com and check out his top five list. Otherwise, full steam ahead, spoilers, you've been warned. So feel free to say whatever you want to about the movies you're going to talk about, Alejandro. We've given them the warning. So um, we're going to start with your number five. And uh, obviously, like, I can say five, but I mean, it's, it's saying a five is so tough that I will eventually go to other movies. Sure. Because it's like ten, like... Um, such a anyway uh five uh i'm going to go with the shawshank redemption all right i had a friend last night watch that for the first time oh what an experience to see that for the first time it still makes me cry man that movie still makes me cry yeah it's god it hits the emotional beat so hard that last shot where uh dufresne's on the boat and then uh red's walking i'm like <laughs> friends. Those are friends. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, what, what? And you said you saw that in '94 too, right? Like you got to see that in the theater. Yeah, it's shocking. See, I, that, that Deacon's just won his first fucking Oscar. It's yeah. It's oh my god, yeah. Kind of insulting. Well, you know that's that political system, right? Like <laughs> at that within the Academy. I mean, you know, like it's. It's crazy to think that a guy who's made the movies that he has made... I mean, Blade Runner 2049 is a deserving win. Beautiful. Yeah, but it is, it's crazy when you look at his work. You're like, oh, oh, he's done all these other amazing movies. Oh, okay, sure. It was, now he wins. It was two in a row that I, I've been watching the Oscars since uh, Silence of the Lambs. Like, again, another movie I shouldn't have fucking seen when I was 10, but it just, like... Like, it blew <laughs> my mind. And... um these last two Oscars, I was like, I swear to God, if Moonlight doesn't win, I'm going to stop watching this, the Oscars. And it did. And I was like, oh, okay. And then again for this year, and I'm like, if Deacons doesn't win, I'm going to stop <laughs> watching that. You reach a point where you're like, enough. I know we're all trying to, uh, to, to be more than we are, and we're all trying to change the world, etc. But it's like, come on, man. Deacon has deserved that Oscar at least three times. Yeah, at yeah. Least. And uh, I, I was so bummed with the... Uh, I'm not surprised that Blade Runner didn't do better in the theater. 2049 Blade Runner. Um, but I that was one of my favorite movies from last year. Like, I was so blown away with it. And As well as Logan. Like, yeah, I like... Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. Like, I can talk to you about, like, other kind of films. But I'm... Um, Logan... Blade Runner and War of the Planet of the Apes are my big budget popcorn movies are like, uh, you should really see uh, how well studied. Like, I have a whole theory on the Planet of the Apes, and I know I'm switching, but if you guys are interested in hearing it, it makes me really want to shake the hand of the producers and directors. Mm -hmm. So I feel that the trilogy of the Planet of the Apes is like one of the smartest things ever made. Let me explain why. 
Okay. So it's three parts, right? In the first one, in the first part, the majority of the story is the humans, right? So it's like 90% humans, 10, the 95% humans, 5% uh, the apes, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is the more popcorn movie to grasp people for the ride of the trilogy. As soon as that goes down, it becomes smarter. The movie mm -hmm. takes a more brave, more artistic tone, where part two starts as a silent film. Yeah. It becomes, I want to say, 60-40 or 50-50. So people that were on board with the first one can either get along for the ride or not. And then the third one, it just flips completely over 98 10% humans, and it's the most yep. artistic, and it's a fucking war movie, man. Yeah, so it's... I just feel like they they really thought about this and the artistic approach that that did for that trilogy is something that people should really analyze and like props to to them yeah because it could have just been a popcorn movie and it it's way more um not to mention andy circus deserves i love Caesar an oscar so much. yeah like the fact that he wasn't even nominated for best actor this year is a travesty like really is. that that dude's performances in motion capture or not, because, I mean, he's great in Black Panther, too, to be honest. But, like, yeah. his motion capture performances are, are so good. And the way he makes Caesar feel, like, organic is is deserving of an award. And it's... And relatable, because, like, as, as absurd as it sounds, the ape's purpose is to make humans feel like him and regress. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's... it's I, what, 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 it was... I think in two, like ten minutes in, when they're like Abe, don't kill Abe, and all that shit, I was just like, oh my god, yeah. this is such a ballsy movie, and I'm glad yeah. it did it well. Me I too, me too. I, I love that trilogy. I'm actually planning on buying the the 4K trilogy is like only forty bucks right now, and I'm just like, yeah, that's that's worth having on 4K for sure. It's a great find, man. That's a great bargain. Yeah. Um, so anyway, sorry, I just the oh no, <laughs> that's these conversations do that on purpose. Yeah. Um, so Shawshank is number five, which clearly has apes in prison, and um, <laughs> uh, but no, a uh, classic film. Uh, you know, just I I had, I was really late to that one. I I used to avoid movies that I knew would make me cry, as you mentioned that film does. Um, so I waited till about two years ago to finally watch it. Oh. Um, Oh yeah. yeah. So how did it feel to see it the first time, man? Dude, I went in um you know, I'm I'm not gonna get too much into my personal stuff, but I have like a stepdad like that I'm not a big fan of and he was that was his favorite movie, which made me not want to watch it for the longest time. And then um even going in I was like, Man, I hope I don't love this because I don't wanna like something he likes because that guy sucks. Yeah. And luckily that's a movie that most people like, so I was okay with it once I did because I loved it and um you know, I knew a lot of the like. You know, I knew a lot of the big moments w that were coming because I've seen like you, the iconic shot of the rain falling on him. Like that's been used in every Academy montage for like the last ten years, basically. You know, like I've seen those those sequences, and still, man, it still hit me just like you said. Like at the end, I was like, okay, well, that's what I get for not watching this all those years ago. I should have been been a fan. Now I am a fan. Um, but like, it, it is always kind of cool coming late to something too because. I, I have all these opinions that I've heard over the years, like, in my head while I'm watching it. So, like, I'm kind of, like, I don't want to prove them wrong, but I do have that kind of mindset of, like, I can't let their opinions 
shape my opinion. So I have to kind of, you know, is it really great or is it only great because of hindsight? Like, is it just people there's reflecting back on it? That, like, there's a bunch of movies that, like, I'm like, I I think it's overrated, my man. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can't get past The English Patient. I have that's on my list to watch. I've not seen it. Same. I can't. But, yeah, maybe it's gorgeous and yeah, great cinematography, whatever you want. But I'm like, for, if I'm just gonna go see it for the cinematography, just give me a, a flipbook of pictures. Right. I mean, like, yeah. There's just no. Yeah, I mean, because in, in ta- interaction with the actors that are just like, uh, I just I don't. Yep. I get that too. Like, just because something is well constructed doesn't mean it's going to connect with you emotionally you know and i am i'm big on story like i love technical aspects but if i'm not connected to the story then i'm i'm probably not going to attach myself to your film especially not for the long run you know like yeah so number five is shawshank what do we have for number four uh dude they're all gonna be cliche so okay that's all good and pulp fiction man oh i'm I'm all for that I, I saw it again in the theater and um, and it just like I got out of there and like I remember the point where I first of all just hearing the intro when the song came up I was just like goosebumps and mm-hmm. I, I remember I, I still call them that and my girlfriend gives me shit but I, I when I get goosebumps I always call them chicken skin I don't know mm. so no, I've, yeah, I've heard that oh okay <laughs> she's like I've never heard that before so I'm like really alright all right. <laughs> Because I remember watching the movie, just going like to my cousin, like, "Whoa!" And then by, I think at one point, and I think it's the watch. So I'm waiting. He's like, "And little man, I give this watch to you." Oh yeah. I said out loud, "What the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> it just—it was blowing my mind every step of the way, <laughs> and like I'm rooting for this heroin addict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, like, they're all technically villains. Yeah, yeah. Villains. Like, that's what I was, like, they were telling me, like, so what did you think of Black Panther? And I was like, that's pretty good. I just think the lead is weak. And they're like, oh, how dare you? And I'm like, sorry, man. The villain's fucking way more appealing in the movie. Oh, yeah. Rooting for the villain. Like, I thought, great job, man. Michael B. Jordan's phenomenal anyways. And him and Coogler have that Scorsese, De Niro thing going on. And, I'm on board, man, because yeah. the, the first time I saw Creed, I was like, eh, because I'm a huge Rocky fan. Uh-huh. And then I saw it again, and I was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, I, I love Creed. Whatever and Fru- doing, I'm on board. Yeah, and Fruitvale Station, man, the first time I saw that, although I do, I think Coogler is a little manipulative because he has the guy's actual daughter in the end of the film, and that's like, oh, that hit that emotional chord like real real hard for me because i you know i am i have a daughter so like anytime there's a parent like parent like parent or child being like losing the other will break me and man fail i think shattered my emotional psyche for a good couple of hours like i was just so the injustice that th- that it happens and it's b jordan's performance in that film too is just yeah phenomenal but yeah it's um good. but I like Not it. to go too far from Pulp Fiction because yeah, <laughs> I am also no no I'm a huge Pulp Fiction fan too. Uh, I, I Sam Jackson as Jules in that movie is maybe one of my favorite characters. Like I love oh. that performance every every time he's on screen in that movie. Oh, and it sucks like because number three if I have to like this is where we can like 
combined books. Yes. Number three is Forrest Gump, and a lot of I know it's uh, like it's like that. Look at that year, man. Yeah. It's ninety four also, cause, right? Because your first yeah. two are ninety four. Yeah, and all three were nominated, so it's kind of like. Right. Yeah, but Jules is so cool. Yeah, but Lieutenant Dane is like, <laughs> like pretty fucking legit. And oh yeah. Like, they're just different movies. Like they're just really different movies, but. That's what I was like super excited about in film where it's like whoever wins I'm fine with. You know? Yeah. You know, like uh what one best film this year? Oh, Shape of Water. Shape of Water, yeah. But like I remember the acting um category. I really wanted I Tanya to win. Yeah. I I would have been okay with that. So much range in her character that there's like times where in the Oscars there's like all the nominees are like Whoever wins, I'm okay with it. They all, they all earned it. And I feel that that year was, like, just superb. It's kind of like 1999, where it's, yep. like, Saving Private Ryan, Thin Red Line, Life is Beautiful, and then fucking Shakespeare and Love won. And I was just like, what? <laughs> That's, I think, one of the most uh, controversial wins, actually, that people talk about within the Best Picture nominations. Because um, it is... Yeah. I, I did like Spotlight though, but I'm a journalist, so it's hard to not oh, like okay. movies about journalism. So, <laughs> hey, I'm all about a President's Men. Yeah, and that's like this year. I I was I loved. Um, oh, it's gone. What's it called? Three billboards. No, the Spielberg movie. Oh, dang oh. it! The Post. The one with the Post. Man, it was not coming to me. I loved that, even though like there's clear moments where it's like this scene is written to make you tear up. It still worked because I was so in, like, this is my world. And I love seeing journalism, you know, given this kind of credibility and that it does matter that you're objective. And it's, you know, like the, the truth in journalism, which right now is always called to question because of our current administration. So like, it, it, I mean, obviously that movie exists because of that, but it, it, it worked for me. Um, oh, but, great film. I mean, again, Spielberg doesn't disappoint ever. Like, Lincoln. What a yeah. film. Um, I'm ready for Ready Player, uh, ready Player yep. One, it's called? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm going Wednesday night. I'm hoping oh, it's yeah. going to be great. Because yeah. um, I'll tell you, with Lincoln, man, I found I was so surprised at how like the last scene is him like in the oval office waiting to hear if if it's going to pass or not and like i was so on the edge of my seat like is it going to pass and then my brain was like hey moron this is a real story <laughs> like, of course it's going to pass but i was still like the way he crafted it man it was i was and of course day lewis is phenomenal in everything that, um that was my second runner up uh phantom thread oh, oh yeah so good what a great film! And honestly, I, want the book. Uh, I was like, "Who won Gary Oldman?" I was like, "Give it again to Daniel." Blue. Yeah, yeah, and Gary Oldman. I mean, he's given great performances, and but this particular one, while it's not a bad performance, it is heavily reliant on the uh, the prosthetics. Like, I would have been content with um, you know someone else getting it. I I really wished. Um, well, I'm a huge Sam Rockwell fan, and I love seeing him get the Oscar. I, Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project is like so fantastic that I really wanted him to get the supporting nod for that. Very, very underrated actor, Sam Rockwell. He's like one of those yeah. like actors that a lot of people don't give him credit, but he's phenomenal. Kind of like mm -hmm. I, I really respect John Leguizamo. I think John Leguizamo is such yeah. an underrated actor. Yep. 
Um, it's because some of the roles they take, especially their lead roles. Like you look at like Uzamo in the lead. A lot of his movies are a little cheesy. Um, Rockwell's too. I mean, with the exception of Moon, like he did American Ultra. Um, I think two years ago that uh, Max Max Landis wrote. Uh, it's not American Ultra. No, no, I'm sorry. There's two movies that came out from Landis the same year. American Ultra is uh, Eisenberg and Stewart. Yeah. Mr. Wright is Sam Rockwell and um, Anna Kendrick. And they're both about hitmen. Yeah, that's the problem. Most people haven't seen Mr. Wright, but it's it's so funny. And the... Uh, dude, like, it's ridiculous. But yeah, I told you, it, Rockwell's performance in it is so great. Because he's Sam Rockwell. And he's just got this... Uh, man, he's so awesome. And The Way Way Back is... Uh, you know, a little indie darling with him in it that I love his performance so much in that movie. But um, not to fan out on Rockwell too much, but you know, I am hardcore Sam Rockwell supporter, and I I love his version of the Poltergeist, even though most people hate it. I just like him so much. I don't think it mattered to me that it wasn't the original Poltergeist. I'm a big but, like look. I'm a big I'm a big Affleck fan, especially directing. I'm a big. Uh, um, uh, what's Idris Elba? I'm like a huge oh, yeah. Elba fan. Um, and I was, uh, I, I, and I am really looking for what's her name? The 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 director that did uh, let's talk about Kevin. I re- um, I don't. I'm not sure the director's name. I know Tilda Swinton's in it. Ah, uh, well, the new movie she's doing with Joaquin Phoenix. I am looking forward to that. Oh yeah, more than the Avengers, my man. Sorry. Yeah, that <laughs> just looks so. Oh no. Ben Ramsey. Who's like up and coming? Robert. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. I, he's. Oh man. I'm like very interested. Uh. I'm a huge uh, Elijah Wood fan. Mm-hmm. And I yep. forgot the girl that Elijah Wood is in in the I don't feel at home anymore. Melanie Linsky. Um, Corey and I are making Blair enthusiast. Um, he's like. We were the only members, I think, of his fan club right now. But uh, <laughs> we're looking to expand. Yeah, we we are uh, big fans of his. I'm hoping to have him on the podcast in the near future. He's in in the middle of working on a project right now, actually. But um, That'd be Melanie Linsky. Oh yeah, he's his film was great, and he I, I love uh, he he works with Jeremy Saulnier a lot. He's in all three of oh, Saulnier's films. Check this out. Oh, I just bought his first movie. Dude, we love that movie. I've have you never seen it? Seen it, but I oh oh. He just held up murder party, Corey. I don't know if you see him or not, but... No, um, so, I didn't... I thought it was... I Yeah, I didn't accept the video, but I love murder oh. party. So much. Yeah, I am... I it's so fun, it dude. Because I, I am a big fan of that whole team, as well as the Jody Hill, Danny McBride team. Mm-hmm. Like, um... And... No, no, no. I'm just a big fan. Like, I was very, very, very impressed with Blue Ruin, and... It took oh, me yeah. just we watched it. Oh, it's so good. It, is it so took good. me a while to watch Green Room and like it because I was oh, like, really? I was you know, you know why I didn't like it that much? I was like, man, these kids are incompetent. Ah, <laughs> see, man, I was hooked immediately, but I was a rock musician for a long time, not yeah. like them, mind you. I wasn't living that kind of a. I was too cautious yeah, with my rock not music. Punk bars, huh? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I barely left my like community, much less would I have taken a gig at that place. But, um, but uh, the way he captured the, like the the mosh pit sequence in that movie when it it, it goes to like, oh, 
it's so gorgeous, dude. How it cuts to the orchestra because it, it there is a beauty to moshing like that. You know, people outside don't see, and I love that he was able to put that to film and um, the tension in that movie, dude. I was on the edge of my seat the Legit. whole film and dropped so many f bombs. I was one of the only two people in the theater that day to see that movie. It's so good, honestly. I'm I'm a big yeah. fan. I'm a big fan of theirs. So if uh, you guys have a mm-hmm. podcast, please tell them I'm a big fan. I shall. And they Saulnier has a new movie coming out this year that uh, Macon wrote, so I'm looking forward to it. I'll be watching um, it. I'll be watching it. All right. Uh, we're, we've got your five, four, and three, so let's move to number two. Probably one of my favorite pieces of art, and it's The mm. Godfather. Ah. I so the first one over the second one. Yeah, no, that's tough, dude, because, I mean, I love two. But the problem mm-hmm. with two is that um, De Niro is so intoxicating as Vito that it makes me care a little bit less about Michael. <laughs> not yeah, it's you bad, know, I... not saying it's bad at all. It's just I'm like, fucking De Niro is hypnotizing. You know, I agree with that because um, I I also like the first one more than the second one, which is not a popular opinion, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of why because I was so connected to Michael in the first movie and the second movie. I kind of felt like something was taken away from Michael, and that's exactly what it is. Is De Niro is stealing the the, the spotlight a bit, and so yeah, and uh, so the first one's on my list too. It's very fish out of water. The first one where he's kind of being forced to take care of the family, and um, you can't. I mean, even though you appreciate, but you can't identify uh, yourself with um, with Sonny or with Vito because they're in another plateau of like uh lifestyle and 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 responsibilities that the common man like us wouldn't identify with so you identify with michael so then when it flips to two and and al pacino is in that stage now you identify with robert de niro who's getting started as a poor immigrant coming up so yeah i i don't know i think the battle of rising to the top Mm-hmm. Is is something that we identify with more than you know, like, hey, yeah. will I find who's trying to betray me in Cuba? But still, yeah, 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 fantastic, still amazing. Yeah, I love that movie. I love the soundtrack. I have studied that movie from since I was a kid. I I don't know what it was about it. Maybe it's the poeticness and the shots and the delivery and the lighting and the everything. But everything <laughs> in um. We were in. I, I saw it when I was a kid because my, my family is like huge into that movie. Uh, way too young. And when we, I, I forced my friends. We were gonna go to like. In, we lived in the south of Mexico, which is called Merida, Yucatan. And okay. we were twenty minutes away from the beach. So every every summer, uh, people would go to the beach, and that's where the parties were at. Or like people hanging out, or bonfires, and all that. Sort of stuff. And I rented the trilogy. I didn't own it. I think I rented it. I think they, they came up with mm-hmm. it mastered. And my friends came over because we were all like, from my house, we would all go. Always. I don't know. My house was like the point of, of meeting all the friends. And they were like, hey, what did you rent? I'm like, oh, man, I rented the trilogy for The Godfather. And they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I've heard it's fantastic. And I'm like, we should just watch one and then go. And we're like, yeah, okay. And <laughs> we watched the first movie and we were all like grabbing our heads going like, whoa. So my friend David was like, let's watch two. 
because it's only like three hours. We can still get there. <laughs> Watch two. And then we we were there and we were like, should we just order pizza or something? Just watch three and we didn't even go. We just watched all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. And, oh, man, that's that's a film lover, though, man. Like, you can't, you know, because that's, to me, everyone's always like, oh, let's go do this, this. I'm always like, hey, let's go to a movie. There's all, there's stuff playing. Like, I, that's where I find the most joy. And it doesn't have to be go-to, although I am a theater. I like going to the theater, but watching a movie at home, is just as good to me. Like I, I just I find so much joy in that that experience. Um, and of course, there are a few where I absolutely regret it. Like I don't know if you caught Winchester uh, from a couple months ago. Don't. It's awful and it's torturous. Um, poor Dame. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's such a shame, you know, because like I don't I don't go into a movie like with that. And you know, I'm, I hope I love every movie, yeah. but there are those movies that just yeah, we don't want to go to get, like. To, to be disappointed we want to be entertained that's the whole purpose of making movies you yeah want to exactly people. you want to interact you want to connect yep <laughs> i just walked out of touring oh, oh really I, I didn't love it i didn't hate it though especially i don't know if you saw the old tomb raiders uh, um i found this one much more of like a movie uh but it, it it is a little i think the second half of it is where it really falls off i, I actually love the uh the there's like three action sequences in the first half that I thought were well done, Ooh, and even excuse me really quick, sorry. Yes, sir. Yes, Judy. Oh, it's okay. I'm I'm doing a uh, I'm doing a, a Skype call right now. Oh, hey, see you Monday. Take care. Bye bye. Just so you think that I'm not lying that I'm at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I'll turn that up. <laughs> um, th- that's a good point too. Uh, let's lead to our number one all-time movie. Uh, you've already alluded to it. I feel like it's a George Lucas property. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh. As yeah, Star that's, Wars. Uh, yes. So when we say Star Wars, we mean Episode Four: A New Hope, right? <laughs> I, if I have to, yeah, I would say Episode Four. <laughs> but if I always just say. The first trilogy counts as one. I count. I, I like to do that too. Although of the trilogy, is the the first one your favorite? I mean, I think it's a better film. Uh, Empire Strikes Back is a better film. It's oh, okay. More risky, but I think the culture shock that one has for episode yes. four should kind of dethrones everything because I. Until I saw that shot where the uh, the, the Imperial Starfleet ship comes mm-hmm. in, like I never, I, it just blew my mind. Like, holy shit! Like, there's ships in space. Yeah. Like, oh my god, they transport there. There's other planets that fixate on reality. Like, I just start. It, it blew my mind, and and the um, the good versus evil, and 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 uh, the mentor, and then. The, the, the bad guy is Darth Vader is like one of the best villains in film mm-hmm. period along yeah. with Hannibal Lecter if you want to go the Joker um, again, Javier Bardem and No Country for Old Men we Daniel just watched oh that oh we he's did. fantastic he's yes fantastic. it is Daniel Day-Lewis he's a villain and, and he is also one of the best and uh, there will be blood yeah oh my <clears> god <throat> I, he'll drink your milkshake oh, um, I love that performance so but 
but um, like, Star Wars, yeah. Star Wars is um, uh, such a part of my existence. Like I, it's I, I would say I, I'm not. I haven't read all the books. I've read a few books. I haven't read all like the whole extended universe, but the films I am intimately connected to. Um, and I've watched even the prequels. I've watched too many times. Like there's uh, times there's good stuff of like people shit on the prequels a lot. And yeah, they're not mm-hmm. perfect, but there's some like Jesus, come on, man, Obi Wan Kenobi. The prequels are great. And, Dude, Ewan McGregor is yes. phenomenal. Perfect. And I don't know uh, what what age range is your show, if you don't mind me asking. Um. Well. It's it's pretty far reaching. I I would say it's probably uh, somewhere between like fifteen to forty. Okay. In that that's the I would say our main demographic. So for you young younglings, <laughs> since we're at the Star Wars thing, <laughs> liking Star Wars was not cool when we were kids. No. It was you were it was you not be, like pushed aside as a nerd or as a geek or you're a fucking loser whatever. Like I don't know about you, but it was for me. Like. Mm-hmm. I would oh, yeah. girl, I like Star Wars. They'd be like, you're a fucking nerd. You're not getting any. And, <laughs> yeah. and now it's like super trendy. So being a nerd back then was, yeah, people would bully you and shit. But I mean, I, I, I like fighting. So I was just like, eh, let's fucking go. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's very different the way there were not a lot of like, you know how you go, there's a whole aisle at fucking target that's just for star wars just star wars yeah that didn't happen back then or maybe when no. it came out but when that didn't happen like there was no uh there was no fucking cosplayers no <laughs> not not without getting severely beaten up like you said like it was a very small i mean cosplay now is so cool and so i mean god the level of of cosplay too like you walk into a place um, I actually got to cover the uh, Star Wars celebration in Orlando last year. Nice. Um, for the seventieth anniversary and not seventieth anniversary, fortieth anniversary. Um, man, my brain is in math is not good, but um, <laughs> you know they have the uh, there's this five hundred first Legion, and they're all like they all have stormtrooper costumes. I mean, it looks like it's straight out of the movie. They had the the largest gathering of stormtroopers happened at this event. It's like it, they got uh, their picture taken, and I'm taking their picture too because I'm just like there's like a thousand people in various types of stormtrooper costumes that look movie real like they're all I, I feel like I'm in the movie right now because there's so many stormtroopers around me and then there's 20 Han Solos to my left you know like it's oh, such man. a crazy experience you know like I I love it like there's a Star Wars joke in Monday like there's 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 so yep. many Easter eggs in my movie it's ridiculous because I love and I really appreciate pop culture and it's it's become more and more and more and more trendy, and that's fine. I, I love it. It's just, like, I don't think um, people would will understand what it was to sit down and watch Reservoir Dogs, and you're starting to see Hitman talk about pop culture. That just was like, oh, I can relate to them. Yep. Weird, which because it, had, it hadn't been done before. Where now it's, you know, a lot of people do it. So, like, maybe my, my voice is not as original or whatever. But it's like, that's who I am. And Star Wars was one of the first things that shaped who I was. Like, I used to, I don't know if you, did you guys have, like, USA, the channel USA? Oh, yeah, yeah. They would have uh, Billy D. Williams after the commercial break come in and, Hi, I'm Billy D. Williams. And he would say some fact about the movie and 
And now back to the Thanksgiving trilogy of Star Wars. And I would record yeah. them on VHS. Oh no, I'm beta, oh. dude. I'm fucking beta. Dude. That's awesome. Actually, man, I got to sit in. Uh, uh, Warwick Davis interviewed Billy D. Williams at the Star Wars celebration, and I went to that like that thing. And I'm I'm so upset that he has not been in the new trilogies. Like, if he's not in Episode Nine, I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. Like, yeah. it's he's he's still here and he's involved. Like, let's get the man in the movie, even if it's just for two seconds. Like, yeah. Did you see Last Jedi? Uh, the the last one, yeah. Yeah. I, th- when they went to the casino, I was expecting Billy D to be there. Like I wanted Lando to own the c- casino. Like why wasn't he that guy? Like I love the movie. Like, you you made a face. You're not a, you're of the uh, minority. Well, no, I guess the majority audience that doesn't like Last Jedi. It was fine. I just I don't know. There was just some like I for people who haven't seen it. Like I didn't like the way Luke left. And I was really, mm. really, really upset with The Force Awakens just because, oh. yeah, there was a lot of things I didn't like about it. Like, um, I hated that they didn't, they just like, all right, well, Obi-Wan died in episode four, so we got to kill someone old in this one. And it just destroyed the possibility of a beautiful encounter between Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Like, it could have been gorgeous. Yeah. It could have been a great scene. Or... I know this is super me picking, but I feel that Chewbacca should have really lost his shit. Ah, like back. Yeah, like he would have more. Like, like he's supposed to. Like when he gets killed, spoilers, whatever. But I think people already know Han Solo. Died. Yeah, Force Awakens, I think is okay now. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it's killed. Like I, I immediately was like, I knew it was coming like fucking a mile away. Especially mm-hmm. because like. Oh, uh, maybe you should forgive uh, the dark side, and then oh, cut to the sun coming out. Yeah, and then it's like he's getting pissed. Oh, them clouds are coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. I felt like Chewbacca should have just like lost his shit because you just killed his son. And yeah, that's just me. That's just me nitpicking. But no, I I can see that. Um. I am. I am still. I like. I love Force Awakens, and I am. A, I am a big supporter of Last Jedi. Um, I, one of the things, though, I think that you're pointing out with that is there are so many different choices that could be made with these movies, and I think as fans, we've made a lot of them, and it is hard sometimes to see the other choices being decided because you know it's like in our heads we've kind of painted a picture of where these characters have been. I mean, especially if you've been watching them since you were a kid, mm-hmm. we've been dreaming about what happened to these characters Mm -hmm. since Return of the Jedi, you know? Like, Jedi ends, we're never expecting another Star Wars movie. It's over. And so our brains have painted vast landscapes. Not to mention, I mean, literal people have made books that have these characters doing different things than what have happened. I was like, nope, that's... Yeah. I'm done. Like, that's good. They close it, uh, in Spanish we call it, with the broche de oro. Like a, like a a a knot in gold. A bow, yeah. Yeah. Beautifully closed, no need. Yep. And like honestly, it's again, a- here we go again. Like the, my favorite character was uh, uh, what's his name, Kylo Ren. Like in Last mm. Jedi, I, I thought he was the shit. Oh yeah, I love Kylo. And, and my daughter Ray, is all about like, Kylo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is uh, Alejandro's top five. Um, <laughs> before we depart, uh, how can people find you on the internet, Alejandro? Um. 
you guys can go to Instagram and uh, just type down Alejandro Montoya Marin, all in one word. I'm sure if that was too quick or what the hell is he saying? I'm sure there'll be a text about this on the podcast. There will. It'll be in the show notes too. <laughs> and on Facebook, just uh, uh, my website is www.alejandromontoyamarin.com and they can see a couple of short films there that I've done as well as uh, on YouTube. I just I had a YouTube channel that I, I haven't worked on. And I just, I basically just shoot little shit with my phone just because I, you know, it's, it's, it's as a creative, if you don't create it, just, it, it kills you a little bit inside every day. Yeah. So I, have I, a I totally understand. Films and commercials there. That's why I podcast like a crazy person because. <laughs> it was a great, this was a great experience, you guys. Like, I had a blast. I really did. Great, man. Hey, I'm, I love hearing that. Um, it's been awesome talking to you. And honestly, this, uh, as long as you don't mind me harassing you, this won't be the last time I talk to you. <laughs> no, 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 man. Honestly, I felt like us, the three of us, like uh, the most appealing part of the whole. Because uh, when you said, oh, we, you know, we try to keep it to an hour and 30, I'm like, oh, God, it's too long. But <laughs> it was like, it was really fun to just deviate from like, like exactly movies. And no, this was fun. And I'm totally on board if you guys are down to a uh, group chat. The Dark, dark Knight Rises? Okay. Uh, we will make that happen, dude. That yes. sounds awesome. Um, dude, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, listeners, thank you for uh, listening to Top 5 Movies. Please subscribe um, and tell your friends about us. Share the podcast with everybody you listen to. Um, we'll be back in another week with another episode. Until next time, keep watching movies. <laughs>